Hi, welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast of ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast and future podcasts should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in Visa. Thanks. Hey, hey, hey. This week, um, in the weekly play section, I want to go over a Visa covered call that I wrote. Um, you know, when I sell options or when I write options, uh, I'd say 80% of the time it starts off red. Um, and eventually, as time goes on, as expiration nears, um, you know, theta is decaying and I eventually close the option out for a profit. Um, this visa call that I wrote, a covered call because I own a hundred visa shares, um, is basically a bet saying, Hey, if this goes above one ninety seven, one hundred ninety seven dollars and fifty cents plus the premium that I got paid for it, if it goes above that, then I'll agree to sell it at that price. So in a nutshell, basically if visa was over two hundred, I get my shares get called away and I keep the premium, which is a good thing. Um, but you know, there are times where the stock continues to go past recovered call and then you're sitting there, um, trying to decide, Hey, should I just buy back the call right now? Just so I can hold on to my shares. Um, that is an extremely common question. And that is a very common case. Think about it. The stock market generally goes up. So every time you write a covered call, you're technically betting against yourself or at least your long stock position. So wherever you write the call, do not do not expect it to never reach that price, no matter what probability of profit it is. Whatever strike you decide to write your covered calls at, because it's literally free money, that's what everyone says, you have to make sure you're okay with that price um, uh, being the, your exit price or the call away price. And if you're not, if you're not okay with it being called away at that price, you can't write for that price. You can't sell a option for that price. All this sounds super obvious, but I promise as soon as you start writing covered calls, this scenario is going to happen and you're going to think, wow, I'm, I'm missing the rocket because, you know, I have this covered call that limits my profits, but I mean, at least I get to maybe keep some of the premium, but maybe I just rather go long on the stock anyway, because it seems like it's going to do really well. Um, you know, there's a lot of cases where that's going to happen to you. And you have to realize you just always have to account for max loss, right? This is, I, I mentioned accounting for max loss more than any other topic in any episode. And max losses for a covered call, I mean, that's technically the covered call getting blown through and your stock mooning, right? But you're not able to capitalize on those gains because you wrote that call. So um, just all in all, it just, you know, wrapping this story up about my visa covered call, visa was trading above 200. Uh, that's, you know, above my break even for a pretty long time. And the call got really, really expensive because visa had just gone on a tear since I wrote the covered call, but I stuck to my plan. I said, Hey, you know, I held on to visa for a good amount of time. I'm willing to sell it for 200 at 200 or 200 ish. Um, and if it gets called away, great. I made a profit on my stock and I'm going to move on to the next position. Um, you know, fast forward to Thursday, uh, we had that, uh, you know, that market fall off that market drop and, um, my covered call 
went out of the money again. So I'm keeping all the premium. I reduced my break even on Visa. And now I can have the choice of either writing maybe like a 202 cover call or a 205 cover call um, in lieu of a uh, or expectation of the market continuing to go up. But case in point, I let the numbers work out. I didn't close my covered call early for a loss. I think that's one of the core fundamentals is you should never take a loss on a winning position. Meaning if your covered call is getting blown through, I see very little incentive to actually close it for a loss and then go along on the stock. Um, maybe if there was drastic news to come out, uh, maybe that's a use case. But other than that, I mean, whatever strikes you write for a contract or that strikes that you buy for a contract, just know that that's like a, that's a promise, right? And you don't want to, you know, extend promises that you don't want to keep. So put the ball in your court. You are the one writing the contract. You decide where you want to sell your stock. And previously I wanted to sell my visa around 200. So I wrote a 197 uh, cover call that gave me a decent chunk of premium to have my break even around 200. I thought that was like a pretty good mindset type of thing. And it was red for the longest time. Um, and then last two days before expiration, it went out of the money. Um, this is just another example of why buying options is so dangerous. Um, you know, your your profits could vanish um, just out of thin air, just, just like that. And, you know, market drop-offs like last Thursday, um, you're going to feel like, oh, the market is manip- is being manipulated and, uh, you know, you're, you're getting hosed and all that stuff. The market really doesn't care about you and it really doesn't care about me. Um, and you should trade that way. You should never trade expecting something to happen. Um, well, I guess that's what trading is supposed to be. You, just like don't trade like it will definitely happen. I think that's I think that's a, a better way of saying it. Um, so that's my little story um, of a, a real story, a real and recent story about a covered call that was read for maybe like probably ninety percent of the time, not even eighty, and uh, me closing it for um, like ninety percent profit uh, on Friday. So that was a really cool feeling. I still have my Visa shares, as I always say in my intro. And I have a few other options currently open, um, but that is for uh, my patrons to see. And of course, you can see any uh, of my closed trades and all the DD that went into that closed position by just going to thetagang.com slash Juni. If you want to see my open trades, if you want to be notified when I open a trade, um, that is a Patreon-only service. So um, that's my little spiel. Uh, thank you for listening to my cover call diary. <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's go on to the next topic. Okay, today in the new website updates, new thetagang.com updates, a um, whole bunch of stuff. Uh, I was just chilling in the living room one day uh, with my housemates, and we were watching some things on Netflix and all that stuff, um, and I just randomly started working on Thetagang. I usually don't work on Thetagang. 
uh, in the living room. I, I prefer to just work on a data game in my room uh, with like music or something. But for some reason, I felt like working on it. And for some really other odd reason, I decided to implement a huge change. Um, if you go to your profile now, datagang.com slash your profile or whatever your username is, mine is Juni, datagang.com slash Juni, um, the page is now a table. This is a homage, paying a homage, paying a homage, homage, <laughs> words. Um, is paying a token of respect to the very first uh, edition or very first like pass of ThetaGang.com. This is more or less what my page looked like long time ago. I mean, besides just the table. I mean, it was just the table. There was none of this like search bar or logo or anything. It was just a table. Uh, it's a lot more functional. It loads really fast because um, you don't see the data until you really click on the row. Um, and then what this, what this allows you to do is it lets you see all your trades or most of your trades at one time, right? You get to see maybe like 25 trades at a time instead of three at a time, which I thought was the most annoying part of the new changes that I rolled out uh, a few weeks ago. And so I've been just thinking, so now it's a table, um, for you guys and girls, if you click on a row on the table, it'll take you to your original post. And so... Um, this now allows people to make comments on your trades that you have open or closed. Um, and I think that's great, right? Like there is now a way to interact with people outside of the front page because I really need to take emphasis away from the front page. I want to do some other cool things with it. Something else that is new, uh, there is now a timestamp uh, on your posts. So you get to see exactly what time of the day uh, they posted. So not only do we just see the date, um, maybe like on like today's June, June fourteenth. Maybe instead of just June fourteenth, now it says June fourteenth, twenty twenty, one o three p.m. Right. So I think that's just a little bit more telling about how people are opening and closing their trades. Um, you know, if you see someone open and close a trade in one minute, then, you know, you're probably just uploading a winner, like cool, but you know, that's probably not real. Um, just trying to battle people using datagang.com as like a trophy mantle rather than a trading log or like verification that you're actually about what you say. Cause a lot of people like to say, Oh, I'll go long on this or I'll buy double dip on when it gets to this price and it's like if the person never logs it and tracks it against server time like are you like how do you trust that person to ever do anything or how do you hold them accountable so that's why i like about dating.com is that i could put my ideas out there and basically no one can say poop because i, I put my trades out there uh, right when i open them leave them out there for as long as it's open and then close them when they're closed and there's no better feeling than you know you know, knowing that there's hundreds or thousands of people every month that look at my profile. And, you know, while hundreds of people might be cross-checking my trades with, uh, you know, prices when I open them and close them, uh, I definitely know that I have thousands of people looking at my trades. And I'm all about transparency. I'm all about being real. You guys and girls know me. Um, I just hope 
you know, as time progresses, as you listen to these more and more, um, you start building the confidence to do what I do and, you know, start believing in that you can come up with your own system and that you shouldn't care about what anybody else says unless if they have their own system. Because someone that claims that they win all the time but show nothing for it, uh, it doesn't mean anything. And I'm slowly, very slowly, uh, going to prove that out because I think I found a system that works for me. And no one has any better track record of a Theta Gang track record better than me. I learned a lot from people that have done it before. I have learned a lot from raw experience. I've learned a lot from blowing up multiple times on Wall Street bets. I've learned a lot just, you know, picking out my goals on what I want later. You guys and girls know that I want a really nice house. I like a nice car and, you know, you know, send my colleges or send my kids off to college like no problem. Like that seems very essentially like part of my identity. I really want that. And I trade like that and as soon as this all clicks, you'll one day be like, "Whoa." Yeah, it's not about making a 10 bagger or 10x bagger. It's it's more about, you know, keeping trading as a hobby because it is indeed fun. But there's this balance where like if you get desperate, the market will whip you back so hard if you if it catches you being desperate. Say you take a 2k loss on some stupid day trade you did and you want to make back that 2k so you put in 4k on your next trade on something equally or more dangerous so that you know you only need it to tick up two times and you'll make it back uh it won't tick up or it won't tick back and you will be out 6k because you just lost 4k um you know it's just moments like those that i think every trader goes through and um you will break out of it if you try but if you consistently view the market as people that are manipulating it or doing uh, things to keep you down when you uh, you know push off the blame, like if you put blame on the Fed chair or you do that stuff, it's not going to work out for you. You need to change your mindset, and we're doing that slowly, right? I'm not telling you my word is law. I'm just giving you real anecdotal evidence from someone that is also young, uh, I believe, the main age demographic uh, that I hit are college kids and post-college. Um, I was just like you. Uh, I might just be like you right now. I just have a little bit more discipline. Um, but that can always be learned uh, in any any time of your life. You're never too late to learn discipline. Um, and when you mix uh, discipline with execution, that's when things get uh, really, really good. Um, but just going, uh, just one last thing for website updates. I want to thank um, American Walnut for sending me a bug report about Jade Lizards. They were previously counted as debit trades, um, but they're now correctly counted as credit trades. Um, so if you know if you previously did a Jade Lizard, uh, you would have gotten a loss counted for a win and a win counted for a loss. Uh, but that's fixed now. So everyone's retro, oh, sorry, excuse me. Uh, everyone's retroactively fixed and that is not an issue anymore. So thank you again, American Walnut, for sending that in. Uh, other than that, besides all the new website changes, um, the website just feels more cohesive because now you can click on people's trades and then leave comments there. 
um, and then you know you're just not stuck on the front page. I feel like a lot of the emphasis was on the front page. We're now bringing emphasis to clicking other people's profiles and clicking on trades there. Um, and then there's like plans to make you know the stock ticker uh, clickable in the trade so that you know maybe you don't you see an AMD trade and you want to see other AMD trades, but you don't want to type AMD in the search bar. You just want to click on AMD. Like I'm thinking about all that stuff. I'm building out this like little site map um diagram that where like i want the traffic to be being rotated uh through it's all really cool all really fun stuff that i never really had to um deal with before um but i'm learning a lot and this is ultra fun i just want to thank you guys and girls for supporting me Okay, uh, today's topic is gonna be about an email that I received um, five days ago. Uh, this is from a user on datagang.com uh, called De Squirrel. Uh, the email reads, hello, I am a current college student, have just began trading since the May timeframe. I wanted to reach out and say thank you so much for all your hard work on both the website and podcast. Although I've not used the podcast as much besides to see how others are feeling, uh, because I am partially afraid of putting up my trade just because of people ridiculing them. So I keep a personal log as of now. It has been still extremely helpful. Real quick, I just want to m mention, um, I don't want ever, ever to have everyone pressured to post on theatergang.com. I just think it's healthy that if you feel like you're confident enough to post a trade online, then you are not insecure about losses. I think it's when you get insecure about losses is when you start losing the most because you're you're constantly scrambling to make a profit and then show those off. And that's why those moments are huge to you because you finally made a profit after losing, you know, a few hundred dollars here or like a few thousand dollars there. Um, but yeah, if you want, if anybody listening to this wants to just keep a personal log, I am totally about that. I think that is great. Just do not plan on um, sharing that personal log and you know proving that's real or trying to prove that's real because you you never can. Um, and so that's my only gripe is that people will keep personal logs and then show it off once they have uh, good profits. And I think that's a little wrong because you're going to always change the timestamps or you always change the numbers and it's, it's not that healthy. But if it's just for learning and it's just for a personal log, just for yourself and you're never going to show it off, then I think it's good. Uh, he goes on to continue saying, the main helpful thing has been the podcast. I cannot stress enough how much your podcast has helped me in understanding options in Theta Gang. Within the last month, I have listened to almost all your episodes while trying to take notes of the important parts and implement your tactics. With this implementation, I have been able to raise my account from $356 to $1,170. This included two naked calls, however, so that I can unlock spread options in Robinhood. That is insane that they don't let you do spreads from the start. Um, but maybe it's less insane so you don't do box spreads, but like if you protect against... I'm getting I'm getting besides the point. I, I back when I traded with Robinhood, and I still advocate for Robinhood. I think Robinhood is a great platform. Um, I didn't need to do trades first and then unlock spreads. I was allowed to do spreads from the get go. Um, but 
it sounds like you'll be able to do spreads soon, so that's good. Um, continuing to say, this huge gain for me has been eye-opening and allowed me to learn an immense amount. I have a few questions if you are able to answer them within the podcast or via email. Um, going from $356 to basically $1,200, that's great. That's absolutely not sustainable. Uh, I'm happy for you and your profits, but you cannot get used to that sort of return or you will be on the front page of Wall Street Bets basically showing off your losses to get fake internet points. Like it's funny for other people, uh, but it should not be a good feeling to you. you. As much as the sub has in its rules, don't glorify losses. I feel like the sub does that now more than ever. Um, but it's okay. Um, whether or not you blow up this account or you blow up a future account, I hope it's this account. I, I genuinely hope you don't blow up at all, but it's not realistic for me to say, oh, you're not going to blow up because you know, you're listening to Theta Game Podcast. I feel like that's a huge guru move saying, oh, as long as you listen to my podcast and as long as you oh, use datagame.com log trades, you, 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 you'll be fine. That's not real advice, right? People, I think people write to me and people support me because I give you like real tangible advice. As, as hard as it is to swallow sometimes, uh, it's real. Um, but let's just keep going forward. Um, my friend said he is starting Theta Gang and is opening up trades of 50% chance of profit. I did not consider this to be Theta Gang, but he explained to me because the risk ratio is higher than the chance of profit, then in the long run, he would be making more money than me, most likely. I operate within the 67 to 80% chance of profit. I was wondering, is there a massive drawback to buying these lower chance of profit spreads besides increasing risk, which may blow up the account faster? I love that you already are talking about blowing up the account. A lot of people don't talk about that with Theta Gang. People think Theta Gang is safe. Uh, it is if you do it responsibly. But if you're new, and it sounds like your friend is new too, and you guys just started in May, um, you can blow through a max loss and you will be out of your entire trading account for a long time. I don't know how hard it is to get money in college now. I don't, I don't know if you're tutoring people. I don't know if you're working at the local Chipotle. But you want to protect your portfolio and you want to grow your portfolio so you could take on um, you know plays that take in more capital but you know in exchange give you less risk um, and in other cases uh, more reward so just going back to the 50% chance of profit when you're doing spreads I like having your I mean your chance of profit I don't know if you heard that chance of profit from me or Tasty Works or somewhere, but 67 to 80% is amazing. That is something that I can stand behind. When you start doing spreads at 50% chance of profit, what more or less happens is um, you get in these scenarios where you're barely red or you're barely green on the trades. Because sometimes you can break even or somewhere around break even. Um, and you don't want that, right? You want money to be rolling in consistently where your capital isn't tied up on a 50% chance of profit trade. Correct, it's very correct when your friend says um, or assumes that he will be receiving more credit on a trade. Uh, but I cannot stand behind um, where he's talking about because his risk ratio is higher than you that um, he would do better than you. 
um, I think the best argument there is, hey, um, why don't you go look at datagang.com slash Juni and look at all of his 200 plus trades where he's done some 50% POP or he's done some or most 70% POP and just like look around there, right? My average um, POP, I think it probably a profit is like 70%. Um, and as far as I have it here, uh, my win percentage of all my trades, that's 234 trades as of today, I have a win percentage of 78%. Um, so what that tells me is I can be a little bit more aggressive on my POP. I can maybe dial it down to you know 65, 67% like your minimum what you do. Um, but right now my system is working and I'm very, very pleased with my 70% POP or my win percentage of 78.6. So um, you know, when your friend says that he's going to make more money than you, that kind of statement just doesn't rub off the right way. Like, it first of all, it's not about who makes the more more money. Um, I definitely think it's it should the contest should be like whoever lasts like the longest. Because if your friend is doing fifty percent pop, yeah, you collect more credit, but you will reach max loss uh, really quickly. Um, but this is disregarding everything else that I've ever mentioned on this podcast. It's not just POP. If it was just POP, call credit spreads would have the same outcome as put credit spreads. Because, you know, if you just put emphasis on POP, even if you write this call credit spread out of the money, um, you know, a 50% out or 70% out, uh, it's still a call credit spread. And in a bull market, those are going to hit max losses a lot more often than put credit spreads. Um, so, you know... There are so many factors that go in for when you sell an option. And it's really primitive to just think it's all about a chance of profit because obviously you need to receive the correct amount of premium for that chance of profit to make sense. If you do a 50% POP on a company like 3M or Ford, uh, actually, I don't even know if Ford has high or low IV or not. If you do a 50% POP on a low IV stock, it's not worth it. That is not where the fading gang money should be rolling in from. Uh, you should be doing like 70, 75% POP on some tech company. I think that's probably the best. I mean, it just is interesting to just about everybody on this planet. Everyone uses a phone. Everyone's just kind of into that space. Um, but I hope you understand what I'm trying to reach at is that you should not just only be focused on POP and you should always and not be focused on anyone else's profits. You should no matter what um, the squirrel, you should prove out your system on your own first for yourself. You do not need to prove to me. You do not need to prove to your friend that it works. You need to prove to yourself that it works. Um, once that happens, you continue just doing what you want to do. And then, you know, if your friend is as good as he thinks he is, um, you know, uh, as you have your system moving along just fine, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, then later down the road, compare strategies again. Um, but what I urge you to do, and this is what's going to throw him off of his seat, right, is gonna, it's going to be, why don't you um, upload your tra uh, uh, trades to your personal log and you tell him, to do it as well or maybe you both do it on your own excel sheet right like you guys 
get a oh, oh my god yeah this is how it goes you guys should get an excel sheet uh, on google google cloud and both put trades in it right when you open it and right when you close it so that way you have your like your own theta gang uh logging just so you too can see it and you know that's where you have to put your money where your mouth is right your friend just told you he's going to be making more money than you because that risk ratio and I'm doing air quotes here because no one is ever certain to make more money than any other person that's why i never talk about my profits i don't ever talk about like oh i'm so sick like look at me winning all the time i don't i don't do that you don't see me on twitter like oh join up for my service today and get gains like this <laughs> I, that's that's not me that's not me i let my actions speak for themselves I grew a following of zero people to 5,000 people or 5,000 users in a year. I am a huge proponent in just being transparent. And I think you too, um, with you and your friend, you too should be transparent with each other and not make it a competition, but rather be vulnerable, but also transparent. Get that Excel sheet going. You too put your trades on there and then just go at it like a team like just say like why don't you do your strategy i'll do mine and then we'll maybe find a way to combine the strategies together like maybe we do your 50 percent chance of profit when we both get more money and we could do wheels um and we do maybe like 70 percent chance of profit being a little bit more greedy than 75 percent on tech companies a high iv there's just so many different ways to approach um this conversation and i just hope that you and your friend are in a good spot yeah, you guys have not been trading that long. Um, trading can get very emotional too. So just make sure you guys always remember you guys are friends. They're the most important thing in the entire world. Um, and yeah, just have fun. Uh, but I hope that uh, gave you a little perspective. Um, you go on to give me a, another question that's not so much a question but a statement, but it's also very common. So I'll just go ahead and read it here. You say, I seem to have a large amount of trouble going and finding stocks in which I want to open trades on. I currently am using a few outside sources such as your website, Wall Street Bets, and hearsay from my friends to find some companies. I then evaluate them on my basic technical analysis, same, I have very technical, very basic technical analysis, and do some fundamental research behind them. That's good. Um, this, however, leaves me with a small amount of trades less. That is true. That is so true. You, you should not always have a trade ready to go. That is not the mentality to do it. I always talk about uh, volume versus velocity. A lot of people think, oh, I need to do a lot of POP, good POP trades and work on the end. That's not true. Um, you can have a high amount of trades, a high amount of high quality trades, um, just given enough time. So you don't need to constantly trade all the time. If you trade for the rest of your life, at the end of your life, you will have a lot of trades. So there's no rush to open a lot of trades. Just make every trade you do have impact and that you learn from it if it goes wrong or that it's very purposeful. It's not because you just want to make a quick buck or it's not because you just want to do a quick lotto, that it's uh, a very good quality trade. And that's, that's what I basically do is that um, I make sure I'm not just jamming a trade in. I make sure I have a really good 
um, feeling and all my metrics are on point, like my POP is on point, it's a company that I like and all that good stuff. Um, you go on to say, with this, with these small amount of trades, I'm scared to write multiple contracts. You should be. I don't see why you would not be scared to write multiple contracts. I, I think writing multiple contracts is scary still. Um, I know you said in general, 2,000 to 5,000 would be ideal. That is the bare minimum. I wouldn't say ideal, uh, but that is the bare minimum. Uh, that is because when you do spreads, you wanna account for max loss and you want as many tries as possible. So if you think about it, if you take a, if you take 5,000 bucks, which is I say, I'd say more than the average person, which is kinda sad, but hopeful at the same time. I mean, you, sh you shouldn't expect to have you know someone trading with that, like tens of thousand dollars in college, that'd be kinda weird. Um, but think about it, if you had $5,000 to start with, um, you know, if you make each of your spreads have a hundred dollar max loss, then you can only do that trade fifty times. But that's only if you stay within the hundred dollar max loss range. You have to keep your spreads within a hundred bucks. Um, the trouble with starting with so little is that people want to do like a five hundred dollar max loss trade that nets you maybe like a hundred dollars in premium, so uh, a theoretical max loss of four hundred. Uh, but what happens there is because you just spent $500 on that trade, you can only be wrong on that trade, um, 10 times, right? If you just got 10 losses in a row with a $500 max loss, you only were able to play 10 times, no matter how good your metrics are, no matter how confident you are in your trades, if you just get a bad string of bad luck, you will get hosed and you'll get discouraged. Um, but it's, there's pros and cons, obviously, of having a smaller account in the beginning. Is like if you make a mistake when you're having a small account, um, you won't, you'll be less likely to make it later when you have a big account. Um, I just want you to know um, that I think just be, just reading this email, it's very apparent that you've listened to most, if not all, the podcasts, and you have all the bullet points to become really, really good at this. I'm just scared that I might give you a false sense of security when I say that. And you have to absolutely tackle this with a system. You have your head between your shoulders and on your shoulders and you are very, you're, you're very aware and I love that and you should keep being aware. Do your system, have that trade log with your friend, have fun while you guys trade, talk about it at lunch, look at wall street bets together share those memes together just my one thing is you gotta stick to the system do not do his 50 percent chance of profit uh, because i can already tell you think it's a bad idea trading is all about the mindset and sticking to a system stick to your system first if you see if you notice on that excel sheet that he's winning a lot with this 50 percent chance of profit then maybe do a few of your own, um, you know, as time goes on, but absolutely stick with what you plan so far. I'm basically signing off on it and saying you're headed in the right direction and I hope you continue learning. Um, but yeah, just account for max loss. Don't get too cocky. Uh, your recent success from $356 to basically $1,200, I'm gonna say that's luck. 
Um, sorry if that hurts your feelings. It's just true. Um, you're you're on your way to be good. You're not good yet. Uh, I'm trash. <laughs> but uh, you know, I don't think I'm a I'm a god, right? Like I'm I'm very much still learning, just like you. And I learn a lot from teaching or you know answering these type of questions because it reminds me of that people look up to me and that actually listen to me that i need to you know be not only transparent but i need to uh walk the walk you don't see me throw up lottos on thetagang.com slash juni you see me do very responsible trades with max losses accounted for with plenty of dd um my discord and my patrons can speak for it all the time i'm always neutral i'm never too bullish i'm never too bearish um and i i'd even name myself the fun police um i am just very much into keeping trading as a hobby as soon as you feel like you're getting triggered um uh, through trading you got to take a break but besides all that um, thank you guys and girls for listening. It, it, these episodes are something that I truly look forward to uh, just doing every week. And it's super fun, especially during quarantine. I feel like it's super healthy for me. Um, lastly, uh, this email ends off with, thank you so much, Juni, for all your help. And maybe one day I will begin to feel more comfortable uploading all my trades to the public eye. You have truly made a huge change in my life and have taught me many lessons which have already saved me large pitfalls. I now feel more comfortable intellectual about this extremely complex topic and begun referring the other colleges, all their college students to you to begin their learning experience. Oh, dude, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't know if you guys and girls get, got, it felt, got the, got the warm and fuzzies, but like, yeah, it's like, dude, lines like that feel super dope. So that wraps it up for today's podcast. Um, there are $120 tiers available on Patreon. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at RealThetaGang. You can email me at Juni at ThetaGang.com. And ThetaGang is proudly partnered with Tastyworks and signing up with the referral code uh, ThetaGang, all caps, one word, is a huge help to the podcast. You get a flair and you also get, uh, you're able to sign up for my Twitter alerts for like a month. Um, just as a thank you, uh, just want to also extend, uh, some shout outs and thank yous to my patrons. Um, those are lifesaver 87, shock doc, France, Mike D, slow motion, Nick fires, Underbridge, neck nodge. I really need to figure out how to pronounce that Rico, the string puller, Hunter Joe, Mitch Brady, good job. Wilson, DDSS, Hedy hooker, Nils, BK trade, baked potato, Soshi K, rising 1020, TCR 94, like Abbas, Anthony 511, Moose Ninja, deep give, Minnow, dum, dum, grandpa 95, HP Larry, Leo Jetson, make more 92 or make more too. Just send it. Vegetable poultry, bat trader, chicken dinner, cow bunga dudes, dissension, what's up, water, cure, lord, skeletor, cheddar, cappuccino, very sexy, Matthew Hans, 
Snowpat, Lazy Reservist, The Jester, IR Guy, Crispy Cream Boy, Hermes, Kaput, Omar Little, Episode 7, Winnie Hat Jr., Chucker Ben, Dilly, V2K, Lucas C, Extra Runa, Restier, Walco, Abstracto, Pandero, uh, Russian Bot, Shifty, Uber Ubi, KS Duke, Huegue, HG Crouton, Web Jams, Wangle, Wangle, TMG, uh, Yoko, Ensis, The Messiah, JJ, and Beast Mode 714. This list is getting crazy long. I mention it all the time, but it's a good problem to have. Um, what is there to say? Um, yeah, I mean, this was really out of the blue, the new website changes. Um, you can just really tell. It like really sharpens up the site when you go to the... Uh, uh, like a profile like it is just so nice i can't get over it i'll just like go to someone's profile right now like oh my goodness it's like so it's like so clean it feels so much better um than before i'm just so happy that i got it out it was so much uh i posted in my discord when i released this and it was like at 3 30 in the morning on uh on saturday morning like friday night right wow i was just cranking through it i was like listening to some Tupac and Rex Orange County. <laughs> Strange mess, mis, mix match, but it, it got the job done. Um, yeah, wow. I think that's it. I don't really have all that much to say besides um, I hope everyone's doing well in quarantine. And uh, just want to say thank you to everyone that's continuing to support me and listening to the podcast. Um, you know, this could be the start of the next downturn. We don't know what Thursday's price action or Friday's price action was all about. No one ever does. Um, but one thing is for certain. If we crash again, I will be out there on Twitter triggering the people that bet the economy will go down. That is something I do consistently. I do not bash on bears. I bash on people that wish the economy would drop so their puts would print, right? Um, I am always, um, you know, optimistically bullish. Um, that's just how I trade. That is, you know, I do a majority of just selling puts. I never, I rarely sell calls. Um, yeah, you know, like that whole COVID thing, so many people were getting so riled up when we were going, when we were doing the V-shaped bounce. It's like, yo, do you not want... The economy to like survive like i want my stepdad to be okay i want my mom to be okay like it's not their fault they put money in their retirement in the safest investment vehicle that everyone else does um yeah i mean if we go down again i will be consistent i'll be consistent i'll be transparent um i'm just i'm i'm real i'm the same <laughs> from start to beginning i feel like although i've learned a lot and also changed my trading style a good bit since my very first few trading trades and it's just like i i don't know i don't want you know the people that listen to this podcast to think that it's never okay to be bearish but it's sad when i see people blow up on twitter uh, so much so that they either delete all their tweets or make a new account with the same profile picture but changing their name um, 
I've you know I've only been really publicly with Theta Gang for like a year, but I've seen a lot of people blow up in that year, and I hope it's not any of you guys and girls that ever do. Um, it's bad luck, and it's also just probably greed too. Um, when you are seeking to be like mean or you want to troll people or you know you want the economy go down and you're you get all riled up in these emotions that's where you get got and i'm gonna make sure you feel got so that you can snap out of it right like if you get triggered by my tweets on twitter when the economy is going down um or the economy is going up you need to check how you're trading Right? There's no reason why some random person on Twitter should ever destroy you. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's a weird thing, right? Like I'm, I'm this like nice guy or like I pretend to be some nice guy. Uh, but I, tr- I, tr- I love triggering people on Twitter. I, I think it's just people are taking things too serious and I'm just over here like you know when it's like you see that meme with the two girls fighting and there's that guy smoking in the background <laughs> like I feel like I feel like that's me except I like to like <laughs> instigate a little bit but it's all for fun and I don't mean any uh, anything bad to come out of it um, I just hope that you know you guys and girls are mature enough to make your own decisions and everyone has been through the COVID crash already so you know Take what you learn from that moment. Don't buy puts just because you think the economy is going to go to uh, poop. Um, absolutely buy puts if you want to protect your portfolio. Use them as the insurance vehicle like they're meant to be. Um, but yeah, besides that, uh, keep your head between your shoulders. That email today was awesome. Uh, I get those all the time. And it's really hard for me to reply to those just because they ask so much and, you know, I, I don't want to give someone too little um, and then have them think that that's all that they need to do. Um, but just know that I do read every single email. I read every single one. Uh, but I won't reply to it, but I can guarantee you that I'll read it. I'm just getting a little bit more than I have before, and I'm grateful. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go ahead and end the episode on that. Thank you guys and girls listening so much, and uh, I will see you guys and girls next week. Bye.